So I want to talk to you just for a couple minutes uh, in the introduction here, uh, kind of a thread that is woven throughout the entire Bible. And uh, this, is an, this is a thread that when I was in Mozambique, I'm going to tell you, God was pulling on that thread for me to witness it. And I was like, man, God, that is awesome. What an amazing thing. Maddie and I had two very different experiences. Maddie's going to be coming up uh, very similar experiences, but different and different in, in really powerful ways. Mine was this thread. When I saw this thread in operation in the kingdom of God, and that's what I want to, I really hit me, was God's kingdom in operation in Mozambique. And, you know, the kingdom of God is this thread that is found throughout the entire Bible. And really, what is the kingdom of God? We'll find out in a minute that the kingdom of God is God's desire to do life together with man. That's actually what the kingdom is. It's an open invitation to come in and do life with God. And what happens when common men and women do life with God is that his kingdom manifests on this earth. And I want to just take a moment to print, uh, prove to you that this thread actually goes through the whole Bible. See, Moses is leading the people of God out of Egypt, which is a picture of the world, and he's leading them into a place called the Promised Land, which is another language for the kingdom of God, a place where God is. And, uh, and, and of course, he gives them the Ten Commandments, with they, which they think are ten suggestions, and uh, they don't really follow them, and things do not go well. Do you remember the, that story? And so we understand, first of all, this is a little hint about the kingdom of God. Religious effort can't bring about the kingdom of God. It doesn't work. So the kingdom doesn't happen by our end. It doesn't happen by us trying to reach God. Are you following me? And so this, this demonstration of the kingdom of God, first of all, we see it with Moses. It doesn't work that way. And then we see Joshua trying to take the promised land a little bit later. And in taking the promised land, they established this na national identity. And they take the promised land. But how many of you know they don't keep it? They can't maintain the kingdom of God that way. So the kingdom of God, and here's another hint, is not about a specific location. So the kingdom of God is not about religious rule keeping. The kingdom of God is not about being in a specific location. And so we, we keep going. We, you know, King David comes along. And King David is this picture of, you know, God, a man after God's own heart. And uh, he establishes God's kingdom on earth through a nation called Israel. And he becomes the first king of that nation. Well, it's really the second king. But he becomes the, the, the king that unites this nation. And we see the prosperity, the blessing, the incredible nature of the kingdom of God manifesting in a nation on earth. But how many of you know it does not be main, it is not maintained? So the kingdom of God does not come through political or national government. You can't experience it that way over a long haul. And so then we go on through the Bible. And then suddenly that nation of Israel is destroyed. It's scattered. And the Babylonians come in. They take them captive. They take them into captivity. But even in captivity, the kingdom of God is in operation. And remember the story of a guy named Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, these guys that are not going to bow down. They're going to say, God, we're going to follow you. Even in the midst of this, we have a relationship with you and establish your kingdom. And so we see even in the midst of captivity, even in the midst of a broken system, that the kingdom can flourish. That's the hint. And then all of a sudden we come into this time in the Bible. Uh, it's called the intertestamental period, which is the, the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the, the Bible says, that, well, it doesn't say, but the scholars say there's 400 years 
where really it seems that God's not speaking and we're like, what's going on? But how many of you know that the kingdom of God was still an operation even through that time? But there were people that said, well, we need to really get serious if we want to hear God. So they began to memorize their Bibles and they began to study furiously and they were called the Pharisees. And they thought we have the greatest religious system on earth. We're going to make it the kingdom come. And how many of you know the kingdom did not come through their religious system? It didn't work. So we see this thread and you're like, well, Pastor Greg, you're not giving us a lot of hope because nothing seemed to work through the entire Old Testament. But the good news, there's a new Testament, a new covenant, a new time where Jesus Christ comes to earth and he says, I am God in flesh and I am bringing a kingdom to you and I'm opening a door for you to have relationship with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we find out finally what the kingdom of God was always intended to be is to have a relationship with God. But you see, even that we would fail on our end. And so what God did, he said, you know what, you guys, you're going to blow it so bad. I actually have to come and live in you. I have to bring my kingdom to come to live in your life. And that's what it means, church to be born again. That's what you're doing. You're inviting God by the power of his Holy Spirit to come into your life, to say, God, I cannot establish your kingdom in my own strength. I can do nothing to reach you, God. I can do nothing to earn your love, God. I, God, I, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. But God, you've made a way for me to have a relationship with you. Hallelujah. And so I'm in. <laughs> and that's really kind of the first thing. Jesus' very first sermon. Ready for it? It's short. It's sweet. Not like me. He preached way, way quicker than I did. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. He's saying change your thinking. That's what the word repent means. Metanoia. Change your thinking. You keep thinking you're reaching me. But the truth of the gospel is God has reached you. God has reached you, church. And he's come down and he said, will you let me into your life? Not just your religious life, but let me into your work life. Let me into your everyday eating, drinking, sleeping, going to work life. Let me in. I will establish my kingdom in your life. And if I establish my kingdom in your life, things will change. See, the kingdom of God, the Bible goes on and says this in Romans 14, 17, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom. Come, church. The kingdom of God. And so when I'm, when I'm in Mozambique, I'm watching God's kingdom in operation. And I'm so excited and, and what you don't get is I'm just as excited when I come back to Mournville. Because what we forget, because we're present in the situation, we forget sometimes how incredible God's kingdom really is. We forget how powerful it is that there is a church in Mournville. There's a church in Bonacord. There's a church in Rochester. There's a, a not-for-profit coffee shop that this church sponsors and is part of. And that's the kingdom of God come to this world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're part of that. Do you know that your tithes, your offerings, your service, all those things is you enacting the kingdom of God in this world. 
You know, we were away in Mozambique, Maddie and I, and it was because of your generosity that we were able to go. You know, we, we put aside every, every month, we've put aside for years now, money in our missions budget comes from your tithes. Your tithes, a percentage of that is set aside, and we've set aside 10%, we've set aside 12% sometimes, we set aside 7.5% sometimes, it doesn't matter. We've established this, and you know that the sending of Josh and Chelsea has come from your generosity. And I'm telling you, it's awesome that they're, they're there. And today we're going to pack shoeboxes. And you know, some of those shoeboxes this year, it's crazy. They're going to Mozambique. Yeah. It's awesome. And so I want you to know about this kingdom of righteousness. The kingdom of righteousness. Pastor Matty, you can make your way up. We're going to start going pretty quick here, brother. <laughs> this is just the warm-up, man. So for me, righteousness means right standing with God. But Pastor Matty, I think your mic's over there, bud. Oh, you got it. You're, you're way ahead. So one of the other things that you thought about when you thought about righteousness, yes. you tell, me, tell us about that because I was so blown away. This is awesome. Wow. There's some excitement here. This is awesome. But the kingdom of God is righteousness and justice. Come on. And the word justice in the New Testament is a translator's choice to use either one of those words mm -hmm. because they're so interconnected. Mm -hmm. And so things like seek first the kingdom of God and his, can be translated as seek first the kingdom of God and his justice. Come on. And so the question of what is his justice, I just want to give a little bit of a brief go, context go, go. if that's okay, because I don't want to do a disservice to it, but it feeds into this piece. Because there's a couple of verses in the New Testament that really speak to my idea of mission and this idea of God's kingdom coming and how the kingdom comes through us. Is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, for those in Christ are new creations. The past is gone, the new is here. The new has come, you're a new creation. So when we say yes to Jesus Christ in our life, we make him Lord of our life, we invite him to be Lord of a new story. Come on. Where the past is done and the new has come. And then Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that in Christ we become masterpieces and that he has prepared good things for us to do in advance. This tells me that in Christ Jesus as new creations, we get invited into a job, into a task, into a role in this earth. And it's more than just getting to heaven when we die. That's yeah. the good news that we get there when we die. Yeah. But that God invites us to begin to enact his kingdom through our lives Woo! as new creation stories. Amen. That are living as redeemed people purchased by the blood of Jesus on the cross. Wow. I love it. I Come see on. this is enacted mostly in John chapter 20 when we see Jesus resurrected under the power of God. He's raised to life. He meets with his disciples and then he does something really amazing. He looks at them and he shows them the victory he won on the cross. And then he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit for as I was sent... Now I'm sending you. Come on. Which shows me again that the role of the Christian was not to stand in the room just saying, yes, let's just wait till we die. Jesus says, no, receive the Holy Spirit. Now go. Yeah. Under an anointing and authority <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. Now go and preach the kingdom. Yeah. You bring the kingdom now as God's redeemed, purchased people. Wow. And so he breathes on them the Holy Spirit, sends them, and he says, as I was sent. How was Jesus sent? To live a cross-shaped life preaching the kingdom of God. Wow. And he starts his whole ministry by saying, Isaiah 61, Woo. the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news to the poor, recover sight to the blind, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to set the captives free, 
Amen? So that's justice. That's justice. Woo! This is Jesus saying, here's what it looks like to live a cross-shaped life is actually to bring the kingdom. And what the kingdom does is bring justice and righteousness, which is actually the freedom of the oppression. Wow. Where we were captives to sin and death and its power, Jesus broke the power of sin and death on the cross. Wow. And then he says, now I breathe on you. And as I was sent, I send Woo! you. Come on now. You know, you wish you had a mic just to say amen every time he's preaching. Amen, don't you? This is so good. So Maddie and I were in a seat for uh, 70 hours on the flight down. Seats yeah. or in airports. And we just preached each other happy. This is what we were doing the whole time. I was talking about the kingdom of God. And he was talking about the justice of God. And he was talking about the deliverance of God from these things. And so all these things were tying together in our story. Amen? Totally. Awesome. Wow. So, uh, uh, Yeah. Any, anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think we're, we're flying. Mate. Okay, Let's good. Let's just keep flying. Just, <laughs> we're going. So, so it's a kingdom of righteousness. Back. Guys, listen to me. It's a kingdom of righteousness. Amen? And, you know, one of the things that you're going to need to understand is that the justice of God that Maddie's talking about is not an angry thing. It's actually that you step into oppression and you step into brokenness and you bring God's wholeness to bear. But you understand that because how that was enacted and how that is true is because Jesus Christ actually bore the wrath of God upon himself on the cross. So he took the punishment that the justice demanded in order that he could give away justice to a world that didn't deserve it. Come on, that is exciting stuff, you guys. You are part of this story that God is doing, the kingdom of righteousness, and it's a kingdom of peace. And that word peace means to set at one again. It's the word shalom. It's so pregnant with meaning. There's so much there. And God is saying, I'm going to take your broken lives. I'm going to take your broken thoughts. I'm going to take your broken relationships. I'm going to take your broken emotions. And I'm going to restore them to what I've always intended them to be. That's the kingdom of God. And you understand, God's going to step into your chaos. And he's going to bring order. And you know why it's a kingdom of joy? Because he accepts you throughout the entire process. <laughs> and what, you can be nothing but happy when you realize, God, you like me? God, you're for me and not against me? Wow, God, you want me to serve? You want me to go to Mozambique? You want me, God, to preach? Wow, what a kingdom that we're part of. And so Maddie, just tell us a little bit about the trip itself, our 70 hours, but how that was, God even redeemed that. We even saw the kingdom in that because something special happened to us because of that 70 hours. Yeah, because our flight got delayed. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, we traveled for a long time. You guys saw us, prayed for us. We left on Sunday, got to the airport and traveled, and then we got to Frankfurt and spent 12 hours there. And uh, I think there's one picture there. Is there a photo up there? I don't know what's going yeah, oh, on yeah, there, but there you go. There we yeah. are, yeah. ready to steal a plane. And uh, we were <laughs> flying. We are in Frankfurt. We spent 12 hours, had to walk around, got on on the plane, set it on the tarmac, and as we sat there late at night, ready to settle in, start watching a movie, pilot comes on and just says, uh, sorry, folks, we just got a little bit of a problem here. Just uh, we'll sort it out. We're just waiting on an engineer to come have a look at it. Just relax. So they come around with water. We sat there for a good hour or so watching movies. Pastor Greg was entrenched in, uh, in his videos there, and uh, I was reading my Bible and praying. But um, 
<laughs> it was clearly the opposite. And uh, yeah, yeah. after about an hour or so, we heard that the engineer couldn't fix it and uh, we travelled back into uh, Frankfurt Airport off, yep. the, off the runway and uh, we had to get off the plane and, of course, spend a night uh, in a hotel in Frankfurt. Amen. But the result of all that meant that, the long story short, is there's regulations in Europe that if they delay a flight or cancel it after a certain amount of time, you get reimbursed Woo. that amount for that portion of the trip. So Pastor Greg and I actually got reimbursed 870-odd bucks each. Yeah, that's right. Which went so, back to missions. <laughs> which back to missions. I thought I would be taking my wife on a flight, Maddie said. I'm so excited to put that back in missions. I said, yeah, me too, Maddie. That's exactly, exactly what I was thinking too, brother. Think how many shoe boxes that's going to be now. <laughs> so, amen. Maddie's way more spiritual than I am. Okay, so then we, we, we got there and we met uh, uh, some pilots. We met some pilots from part of the ministry that uh, Sam is part of. Tell us a little bit about that. So Mercy Air. So Mercy Air are a partner ministry that you'd hear about if you speak to the Sam guys today. And they are, they are really retired pilots that are full-time doing ministry out of South Africa, and they fly all kinds of different aircrafts and uh, helicopters, but they donate time to Sam Ministry to support them in getting out to the really far rural areas to do pastors' conferences and deliver seed and do all kinds of ministry. Medical stuff. Medical stuff all around Mozambique. So when we get there, we meet these uh, amazing people from South Africa. They're all expats from yep. uh, the UK, and they're flying around and doing this amazing thing for Sam Ministries, and uh, so we got to meet those guys and, and have a and dinner. And Sam Ministries built a, a runway, which we figure, you guys, Lynn, you guys figure it costs you almost a million dollars to get that runway. Is that correct? Okay, well, let's just say it is a million. That sounds really impressive. But anyway, <laughs> Lynn Lagore's here, by the way, which is like a hero to me after being in Mozambique. Give her a hand right now, amen. This is Dwight's wife who started the ministry in Mozambique uh, some 30 years ago almost, correct? Wow. Anyway, so then we, the next day we got, out of, we got out of bed and we went right to a place called Tendique. Tell we us did. about that. We did. So we got, uh, we got there a day late because of the delays, but it meant that when we arrived, we got straight on the ground and we got to do a game drive uh, up a couple of hours away at a place called Tendique. And uh, we all had a really peaceful time, except Pastor Greg got stalked by a lion. Uh, <laughs> and that's no lie. He literally did. And he heard it walk past his tent in the middle of the night growling and he thought, what is that? And we thought it was just Josh uh, yeah. walking around hungry, but... <laughs> Actually, I shared a tent with Josh, and both of us were passed out. And uh, the lion apparently walked towards our tent. Right towards our tent. I we prayed for them. Known. And, uh, you know, I just didn't know. Uh, Lynn actually texted me, because when I posted it, 3 o'clock in the morning, the lion walked right beside my tent, and then right, right around it, and kept going towards Maddie's tent. And uh, she said, you should have stepped outside. It would have been more interesting. I said, yeah, for the lion, it would have been more interesting. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, anyway. You, I can show you a picture of the, of the lion paw print, but uh, I didn't get any closer than that. There's a couple of pictures there that came up. Go to the next one. There's Tendigwe. That's where we're visiting. Um, and then the, go to the next one. That's just where we met and had breakfast in the morning. One more. A couple slides. Of there's Maddie on the back of the bus. So one of the things, tell us a little bit about uh, the lady who ran our tour. Do you remember? So an incredible lady from the UK has uh, left her day job back in the, the UK. She had done a zoology degree and other degrees surrounding that kind of work. And she's basically just committed her life to this area of conservation and just a phenomenal woman. And we just had a really privileged and blessed time just uh, journeying with her. And some of the people from Sam are very aware of this woman and know who she is. But she toured us, toured us around, and we had a chance to have dinner with her and pray with her and, and just really just uh, encourage now, her. You remember, in is her it, is, was there Sarah her name? Uh, it wasn't Sarah. No. It was um, Holly. Holly, thank you. Yeah. 
Sorry, we were trying to remember. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about Holly for a moment. Holly's not a believer. But I'm going to tell you, the, the anointing of God just was on us because we saw in her the kingdom of God being enacted. Here she is, a zoologist. And, you know, you never think of a zoologist working for a game farm. But the greatest conservation that happens in this nation is through game farms. The greatest repopulation. So you, you think the opposite when you hear what's happening, you know, oh, on the news, oh, those terrible hunters. They're ter no, that's not true, actually. The greatest conservation. So what was interesting for me and Maddie was to watch her in operation because she was representing the heart of God. They had found over almost 800,000 traps for animals on their, on their land. That, that, and so she's working to stop this trafficking of animals in the nation. And I'm just like speaking the kingdom to her, like God is on your life, God. And she's like, wow, we got to pray for her. It was so awesome. You see, God's kingdom is way bigger than the church, by the way. Yeah, it's that you're, you work for the church. Be careful there, Rick. Um, <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's in, but follow, what we're saying is it's in your work. The kingdom of God is in your work because you're there. The kingdom of God is in your medical office because you're there. The kingdom of God is in your school because you're there. It's not just around here. I think there's a great picture of me holding up a set of horns. Uh, oh, yeah, that is an awesome. That was an Eland, I think. Is, is that an Eland? Is that what that is? A uh, kudu. And we oh, so it. a kudu or an Eland? And we got to eat it. We got to eat it. That was the best part. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, on the conservation front. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it was so tasty. It was so good. Okay, okay, so the next day we drove back after the lion stalked me that night um, and didn't come into my tent, thank God. And don't ask me what I was thinking, but I, I just was thinking, what am I going to do if it comes in here? I have no idea. But uh, then we had a pastor's conference. Tell us a little bit about what uh, your experiences were with the pastor's conference. Yeah, just conference. awesome. Just seeing a group of men and women from all around Mozambique gather, some of them traveling for days and days in very uncomfortable conditions to come and be here on really this little place I call heaven on earth. Uh, which is the Sam Ministry Farm, which is reflecting the kingdom. And these guys get to come and just spend a week in training. And there are different levels of training. Some are new pastors doing level one books, level two books. And each one is a designer and theology and training to help equip these guys to, to lead their communities uh, with the kingdom of God and train them in all kinds of different ways. We had the privilege of uh, spending most of our time with those uh, men and women who had graduated uh, the program and were graduates and some who were overseers, kind of like bishops of a whole community or areas of pastors. Pastor Greg and I just got to spend the entire week just uh, sharing with them and preaching with them and uh, really just hopefully encouraging them and imparting to them different things. So we, what was interesting about that was then these men would go and teach maybe 50 other church leaders. Once they left that conference, what they learned, they would take and teach it. So this multiplication effect was happening, which was incredible. It was a challenge. Maddie and I, when we first got there, we were both highly concerned. How do we teach? Because what is their level of receptivity? Where is their level of education? What do we do? And so we were kind of uh, left with that question, at that tension. And then we, when we realized that it was not only going to be translated from English to uh, Portuguese, it was then going to be translated into Sena or Shoni, is that right? Shona, sorry. And so then you're, you understand, you say table, and then it goes down three levels of translation. And they're like, they didn't think table. That's not what they're thinking right now. But so we had to change on the fly. We had prepped six messages, 
they all got thrown out, every one of them. And we just got up there and we just preached right from the heart and simple things that could be translatable across the culture. But I think we, hopefully we had an impact and an effect and uh, it was very good. So I think there's a couple pictures. And then uh, one of the things that was exciting for me was uh, watching Chelsea teach. So here's Chelsea. And guys, just to, for you guys to know her journey of becoming a nurse, and this is what the kingdom looks like, I think is being faithful to who God's made you to be. You bring the kingdom. And she's been faithful in that. Now she gets to go and, so, and work under Lynn uh, and with the team there to bring nursing. And to watch her standing up the front in front of a room of pastors, teaching them about the da- dangers of loud noises. Something that we may take for granted in our own education, but for them to understand that damage happens at certain levels of decibels, you know, and just practical training like that to help them bring awareness to how they can actually serve their churches and their communities well to be aware of those kinds of dangers. So these churches are just, some of them have not none of this, but some are getting amplification for the first time. So they don't know. They have the speakers set up and they're just blasting. The louder they think, the more anointed it is. And uh, as some of you feel like... Yeah, amen. The drummers say amen. The drummers are in the front worshiping God right now. But they're actually damaging their kids. So Chelsea was teaching on that, which was amazing for, to watch. Amen? So we had that whole week of ministry. We're going to play a little video clip in a few minutes about that. But then we, uh, the next day we got up. So I'm going to tell you something. We did not have days off a whole lot. We had days off the first day. And then it was go, go, go. But it was good. It was balanced. We weren't overworked, but we were happy to serve and be part of it. So tell us a little bit about the seed distribution that happened. So it, it recently, a really uh, devastating cyclone had come through Mozambique and caused uh, quite significant damage. And uh, Sam Ministry, along with Mercy Air, were able to do a little bit of flying to see and assess some of the damage. But one of the ways in which uh, the locals uh, work is agriculture is very important to the industry there for everyday people. And uh, it had wiped out so much of the agriculture. And so we had the privilege of uh, just going along for the drive and, and loading up bags of seed, tons and tons of seed. We, I, I think, think it was like eight tons or something. Well, like we that, took three. Three tons. We took three tons in three half tons trucks. <laughs> <laughs> then loaded with people as well as the seed. And then Josh drove way too fast. Josh, if you're watching, you got to slow down. Okay, there it is. And... Uh, and <laughs> Somehow we arrived half an hour before me and Dwight who were driving behind you two. I don't quite get that. But we, we dropped off, and they, I think they had 22 tons of seed that they were distributing alone. We just delivered three tons of it that day. It was so fun uh, to be able to do that. So, but one of the other things I want to just comment on is Dwight was saying he was uh, in partnership with Samaritan's Purse. He was flying them around. It was his planes that were flying them around to assess the damage, and they were the major relief effort came in through Samaritan's Purse. So again, the partnership of seeing what's happening in Mozambique uh, with what we're doing here today. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. So then uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, I think you're standing in a field now. And, uh, no, I'm sitting there remembering the drive I just was on with Josh. Oh, yeah, that's you true. Saw my face there, you man. okay? I'm telling you what. You okay? Let me help So you. where are we now? We're standing in a field. So, of course, uh, on the farm is uh, acres of land that is dedicated to farming, growing tomatoes, pineapples, all kinds of fruit and vegetables, uh, tons and tons of it. And each week, uh, the team will pick an abundance of those fruit and vegetables and drive off into the bush uh, to a school, which uh, Sam started out uh, at, on a farm there. And uh, we delivered uh, a whole bunch of food, which was a real privilege. So the workers are picking vegetables here. You're and we got to actually delivered that. And I got to eat my pineapple. Oh, the pineapple was that good. was good news. Yeah. So we're loading up the truck to take to the, the school. And then the next couple pictures, actually, I don't think we have the school picture uh, there a little bit further down. 
Go down about four photos. I'll tell you when to stop. Keep going. That's a hospital. We'll talk about that. That's, a, that's the um, orphan home. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sorry, I put these up. There's the orphan that stole my heart. She's precious beyond belief. It's on my, fa- it's on my phone right now. I could show you a picture. But anyway, uh, next one. The videos after that? You cut the rest of the pictures? What the heck, you guys? I had them all in my thing. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, we'll get back to that. But let's just talk about the school for a minute. Awesome. So the school uh, is it, it's, uh, this incredible school. That's, it feels like the middle of nowhere. And we know, of course, it's not nowhere. It's somewhere to people. And there's this beautiful school. And we drove off into the bush and spent some time at the school at lunchtime, throwing a Frisbee, hanging out. We, uh, we got to see uh, Sam Ministry do their work and bring food there. And a couple of cooks cooked up a meal for all the students, which is the only meal that they'll get for that day. And uh, what we discovered while we were there is you might have heard a story Josh shared a couple of, couple of weeks ago in one of the videos was that uh, for the kids to get to the school, some of them work a, walk a couple of hours in really hot weather. And there's a river that they had to pass. And unfortunately, we heard that um, when the floods were high, when the river was high, when kids would cross, uh, they lost several kids to crocodiles. And so we actually got to drive down and see a bridge that Sam Ministry and the team had actually built, a suspension bridge to help kids get across just so they can go to school after two hours of walking in 40-degree heat, right? So we had the privilege of going and seeing this You're going to see that school. video in a minute. Okay, it'll be yeah. on the video. That's good. So uh, there was another picture. It's unfortunate we didn't get in, but that's okay. It's actually a picture of me and Maddie standing next to a young boy and the privilege of, of being next to him because he's actually Carlos and Shanna's sponsor child. So in this church, they're sponsoring him through uh, the orphan program. And, and what happens in the orphan program is they receive education, they receive clothing. They receive a shelter that's run by... You can't run traditional orphanages, so now they're run by, by widows who will go in and, and be the house mom kind of thing. And then the orphans are placed with her. And so widows and strangers and orphans being cared for, this sounds like the kingdom of God come. Amen? And so that day when we were out with the kids, uh, what I remember about that day is it was 43 degrees out. 43 degrees, and we're running around <laughs> playing games, playing, uh, what were we playing? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? Oh, yeah, what time is it, Mr. Wolf? What time is it, Mr. Wolf? And Maddie was the wolf, and he would chase him down. Or, anyways, <laughs> no, I just sat and watched. Anyway, it was, it was so hot. It was awesomely hot, but uh, it was amazing to be part of. That night, we went back, and it got down to 36 degrees in our rooms. Thank you, Jesus. And... Uh, <laughs> You're, you're going to see in the video in a minute the tents that we had to sleep in, the, the uh, nets, sorry, to keep the mosquitoes away. And then the next day I got up and I had taken my malaria pills <laughs> and they did not sit well with me. And so I was about to lead devotions that morning at the morning prayer time at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I turned to Maddie and said, Maddie, you're in charge of devotion. And Let I me got, tell this story. Okay. Because... I was actually meant to do devotions, and then the night before, Pastor Greg's like, no, nah, I'm ready to do it. I'll give you another night to pray. And I was like, sweet, I had nothing prepared, right? So we get up in the morning, Pastor Greg's already sitting there, and he just looked like a lost child. His head was bowed, and he looks in. I sat next to him, I was like, bro, are you all right? And he looked at me, he's like, oh, I think I'm okay. I, I don't think I am, but if, I'll be all right. If, I, if I'm not, I'll let you do the devotion. I'm like, okay, all right. And not five seconds later, he stood up and walked off and just <laughs> into the bush. And I was like, I guess I'm doing devotions. I'm, so I the good news is I made it away from <laughs> you did. the circle. You did. It was circle. pretty good. But, uh, but uh, 
you don't know what violent vomiting is until you experience violent vomiting where you do not have control. This is coming out whether you're looking at somebody, walking, driving, and, and so anyways, then, then Nurse Chelsea took over and came and gave me some medication and I just slept for the next five hours. I don't remember anything. I was in a chair. I woke up with drool running down my face and I felt better after that. Amen? So uh, yeah, okay, so then we had the, the school program and then the next day, uh, we kept going. We, had the, we saw the school housing. You're going to see the video of the school in a minute. And then they had a youth program that you did some great work with. Yeah, them. really cool to just see uh, at Sam Ministry. They have a, a place where there's a whole bunch. It's like a training center where the pastors come and got trained at the conference. But each week, twice, uh, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, youth from the community, a lot of the orphan children from the communities around, and plus their friends now. Josh is just inviting everyone uh, to come and do uh, a youth program where they're right now learning the Lord's Prayer and their language with actions. Uh, Josh does a little teaching to sort of see him flowing in his youth ministry gifts, and uh, they sing songs and worship, and then they just go and play games, and then they get to have a little cup of juice and some uh, little Timbit-looking things. They're called bolo. Uh, it's Josh's favorite food, and it's basically <laughs> deep-fried dough. Yeah, and uh, they get to eat a snack and do that. So we got to participate in, um, yes, yeah, having some fun with the kids. So then we had a uh, women's literacy program as well. Right. That's part of it. So just tell us a brief so some of the Some of the women from the community spend every day in a place called Simulkai, which is awesome. And they're sewing and putting all these really cool things together. But part of the expression of that is also helping in all the communities, uh, women's literacy. Because of the comprehension so low and education is uh, not what we would understand it to be. It's a very different context. Uh, just helping train local women to actually learn Portuguese sounds and, and learn language. And it's a phenomenal ministry to see how out of this, they're also training people with education. And they're, they sew beautiful things like aprons. And so I bought, uh, all my girls got aprons. And then my wife got a full table set. They have table runners and, and uh, you know, just beautiful things. And we're going to try and bring some of that in to higher grounds so that we can support what's going on in Mozambique and sell those within our community and go back to support women in their literacy program and, what and support their families. Isn't that amazing that we get to do that? Amen? Hallelujah. And then you did uh, some time with the uh, widows. The grandmas. So the grandmas. grandmas that run the orphan homes come each week and do a little bit of training, and that was fantastic. Chelsea and uh, Josh were there with one of the local leaders who runs the orphan program. And so I got to go and spend a little bit of time with the grandmas. And uh, you're going to see on the video, I think, them dancing uh, every time, man. They just get dancing and having fun. Yeah. What I found really hilarious, though, was when one lady started leading worship and singing, they have the same problems as us. One of the other ladies went over and grabbed her and said, don't like that song. So they had to change <laughs> the song, and uh, it was actually but, quite funny. And then that lady, when everyone was singing, just sat back and kind of closed her eyes and slept, and I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so there are some things that translate culture. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to, in a minute, just we're going to watch a video, but uh, what my challenge to all of us is, is that you're going to be hearing more and more about Sam Ministries in Mozambique in, in years to come and weeks to come and months to come. We actually have a team that is wanting to go there next year. And so in 2020, I think they're looking at September, October, somewhere maybe a little bit earlier than that, early September. And so I don't know if Kim, uh, Kim and Jason Woods are here. Is Kim here? Right there. So stand up and wave so everybody can see who you are. Woo! So she wants to go to Mozambique. 
And she wants to bring a team. And so I think she has a web page called Mournville to Mozambique or bust. No, it's not the, or bust is me. It's Mournville to Mozambique 2020. And so that is going to be an exciting thing that somebody maybe can join. I think the young adults are already looking at that. Is that right, Pastor Tyler? To say some of them want to join that team that we can send. And, and I think the more people that can go and see the story, you're going to be blown away. Maddie and I were blown away. Why don't you just maybe give us a two-minute personal what impacted you most? You know what impacted me the most is where we were talking before about, I think the cross-shaped life isn't always won easily. It doesn't always mean like you're just going to have everything easy and handed to you, I don't think. I think the cross-shaped life is a pilgrimage with Jesus Christ as he unfolds this new creation story. And I think when I think about Lynn and Dwight and the, the story of God that they felt called to Mozambique all those years ago, I think when we see the kingdom comes, when we learn to be faithful stewards of the new creation story God's called us into. And it looks different for everyone. It does. But when we're faithful to our new creation story, when we are faithful with, Lord, with Jesus as Lord of our life, living the new creation story, all of this is fruit of faithfulness. And it hasn't been easily won, but it's been by the grace of God as they have been faithful to their call. And I think that's an encouragement for each and every one of us to move beyond mission being a service or an event but to faithfulness to the new creation story, God has invited each and every one of you when you said yes to him. Yeah. And when we're faithful to that, you actually create a space for others to step into their creation story. And we see the kingdom come as a witness and a faithful witness of Christ in the body of believers, bearing witness to God's goodness. And I just want to celebrate Lynn and Dwight and the team around them as they've been faithful to that. I'm left with a sense of, I need to continue to mature in my faith and as Galatians 6 says, to learn to carry my own load. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, amen. And for me, I mean, I just think that um, the kingdom of God in operation there is so profound uh, through schooling, through education, through health care, through food, through orphanages, through uh, guys, just in so many aspects. And it's not perfect. Like, I'm not giving you a picture of perfection. It's a work in progress. And to see it in operation, and again, for me, it became a celebration of what God is doing here as well. Why the kingdom is so critical. Because in the midst of the chaos of one of the poorest nations on earth, we sat in an Eden condition. It was Eden. It was the garden growing and multiplying. And I think they have a thousand hectares of land and the farm that they use for farming and raising cattle. And they don't believe in a hand out. Listen to me carefully. They believe in a hand up. And so what, you know what, what startled me probably the most is one of the questions I've always had about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is about prosperity. It's about taking where you're at and moving you to the next level. And so one of the questions I've always had is does the kingdom work in third world nations? It does. You know what was amazing was to sit with pastors who said, now, you know, now that I've come to Sam Ministries or now I'm here, I have six cattle of my own. And I've learned over the years that I've grown this ministry and I've grown my crops and I've grown my church and God has blessed me and I, re I return the cattle that the, the ministry gave me and I've grown six more myself and now my kids are blessed. And my, it's incredible. The kingdom of God works, church. It works. And so you get to be part of it. Today is about sowing a seed into the kingdom of God. 
You think a little shoebox, you know, that little girl that we had the picture of with the little red ball. We gave little gifts when we went to the orphanage, orphan homes. And I'm telling you, she hung on to that little red ball that cost me maybe a buck. Dollar ten. Buck GST, ten. Yeah. Which, a buck oh five. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? That was her treasure to her. And she rolled that ball to me, and I'd roll it back to her. And she'd follow me around, and she'd roll that ball to me, and I'd roll it back to her. And it was the most, and the smile on her face was so genuine, so real. Betty said, put her in your suitcase and bring her home. I said, Betty, I can't do that, honey. She doesn't fit. I tried. Anyway, (laughs) you are sowing seed. When you pack a shoebox today, you're sowing seed. But what are some of the other things they can get involved with Sam Ministries, Pastor? I gave you that list of things there. Yeah, well, it's really just encouraging as you hear the story. And if the Holy Spirit stirs your heart, you know, the, the guys from Sam Ministry, and including Lynn, uh, who helped found the ministry in Mozambique with her husband, there's a whole bunch of things that you can go and look at. And of course, there's sponsorship children. Uh, you know, if you've ever considered sponsoring a kid to see firsthand, and to know, again, like Carlos and Shana have just began this journey with a, a young man. We actually got to meet that young man. So what's really cool is that there's a picture, a face, a, a connection there that you can actually support these kids to go to school and eat food and uh, be clothed, which is really amazing. There's also some Christmas gifts. There's a oh, catalog here, so which things. I can't even go through, but you're going to just see that if the Holy Spirit stirs you from, you know, 20 bucks to a couple of hundred bucks to more, there's just different ways which you can get involved. So I really encourage you to just, even today, just go Listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in the shoeboxes and in Sam Ministries and just see where it is that the Lord might be leading you to pray or give. And uh, you're going to see a catalog with so many amazing things, including the sponsorship children brochures here and, uh, of course, the orphan program and things like that. So So we encourage you to go see Lynn or Patty. Wave at us so we can see. They have a table outside. And then uh, I think there's going to be some instruction given now as to how you're going to get involved in something to eat. There's... uh, Part of what's going on is that you're, you can have food, you can pack your own shoebox with your kids, and there's a price to, for all those things, but all the proceeds are going towards sowing seed into one of these ministries and various ministries around the world. Amen? Amen. So anything else? You good? I think that's it. It's just yeah. awesome to see the kingdom of God work, and what you always say, Pastor Greg, that the kingdom brings order out of chaos. Yeah. It confronts the powers that run chaos, sin in the world, and it brings wholeness and hope and healing to the nation. I think it's a beautiful picture of that at Sam as it's heaven on earth. Come on, we should tag team more often, brother. Yeah, awesome. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to turn this over to, I think, Tyler, or who's doing the announcement? You are? It was a video. Oh, there's a video. I'm so sorry. Yeah, let's watch the video. Josh, tell me the story of this bridge. So uh, this bridge serves our community school, which is uh, way up in the bush. But here in front of us, we have a hanging bridge and underneath is a river. So the mission built this bridge because um, we actually had lost several children to crocodiles. Because when the rains come, the river fills up and all the crocodiles come down. So in order for the kids to come to school, we built this bridge so they can cross the river safely. Awesome. So they don't have to go through the river.
Here we go. Josh. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Look at all the seed. Oh, it's crazy. It's awesome, eh? 58 bags. Very cool. How many tons? Three tons? Three tons. Wow. How many tons does the mission have? I think we got 22 tons. 22 tons. Wow. Seven more loads like this. to uh, build an orphan home. This is what it can look like. Around $5,000 Canadian will get a home like this that'll uh, support uh, an orphan home, uh, looking after several children. And it's such a blessing in the community. And it's actually quite a beautiful home uh, compared to one that we saw earlier, which is what they're trying to raise money to, to build a bigger one so the, the grandma can support the children. This is what you get. Awesome. Your heart to serve 
keeps and as you uh, leave here in a few days just know that God has a great plan for you and for your people keeping you long, but if you knew what we cut away and didn't talk about, you would think you did an amazing job, Pastor Greg and Pastor Maddie. Um, but I want to give you an opportunity today. Can we pray for Josh and Chelsea and for Sam Ministries and for these shoeboxes that are about to go? Because the blessing of the Lord is going to reside upon them. The kingdom of God is going to come. Amen? Let's pray. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you have never invited Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be your Lord and your Savior. That is the seed of the kingdom of God coming into you. You can do that today. Be part of the story of God. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for these amazing people who all are sowing seed into the kingdom. I pray that we sow the seed of righteousness, peace, and joy, and that we bring justice to bear upon this world, Father God. And if you're here today and you say, yeah, I want to ask God to come into my life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. With every head bowed, no one's looking around, I want you to raise your hand up high and just wave at me. Say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need to ask Jesus to come into my life. If that's you, I want to make sure I do that today. We never want to leave you without that opportunity to invite Christ in. So, Lord, you see every heart and every person. If that's you, give me a quick wave. God bless you. Father, be with these people here today and bless us as we party now. Amen.